You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> is on the phone. Presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Friday, October 28th. 2022 people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody is ready for the FFE, the Fun Friday edition, the spooky Fun Friday edition. Yeah, a little Halloween twist here. Terrible, I know, of the episode of the Eratora Sports Podcast. Here's what you need to know about today's show. Listen, I'd love to get creative. I'd love to get unique. I'd love to do something different. But we have a formula that works on Friday. We are going to preview the big games in college football. We're going to talk Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, do a little uh, college football superlatives. And then we're going to get to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. We're going to get out of here. I gave you a lot of content this week, show on Wednesday, show on Thursday, show on Friday. And so it just feels like, do we need to do an hour and a half of me talking about silliness? I don't think so. By the way, fun week. If you missed it, Wednesday, we obviously talked about A&M. Thursday, we did, I think, a fun segment on all of the different playoff contenders, some Pac-12 comments from the Pac-12 commissioner. So if you missed any of those shows, make sure to check it out today. Very straightforward. Week 9 college football preview. Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, and we get out of here. Before we get started, a couple quick announcements. You know, so one, this is new, but pay attention. If you're driving, pull over, take out a notepad, do what you got to do. We have ourselves a new podcast as part of Aaron Torres Media. So if you remember back to March, uh, my buddy Zach Kroll, who has written college basketball content for Aaron Torres Online, basically since I started my own media company, he has started a College Hoops show. We call it the College Hoops Daily with Zach Kroll. It is pinned to the top of my Twitter page at Aaron underscore Torres. And if you love college hoops, this is going to be must listen. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast paced. It's going to be quick hitting. Uh, And we debut today, Friday, with a preview of all. We start a top 10 countdown. So we start with number 10, Arkansas, and then we work our way backwards. Next week, we'll hit UCLA, Kansas, all the good teams, uh, Kentucky, North Carolina in the lead up to the season, which is surprisingly like very, 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 very close. So. Make sure to subscribe to the College Hoops Daily with Zach. Uh, 
Uh, I will be making regular appearances. He is just a sharp, young, smart college basketball mind. Make sure you subscribe to the College Hoops Daily with Zach Kroll. Before we get started, I also want to thank our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred app. By now, you know their story, and it is awesome. Started in 1967 in the UK. 1,600 shops overseas. It is one of the most credible and reliable sports books you'll find anywhere. Love working with them. Been working with them. And what I love about Betfred Sportsbook is that since they've come to the United States, they have made a splash by becoming the most caring, concerned. Uh, they take care of their customers better than anybody, okay? So I've told you before, but I'm going to keep telling you. One, go... Uh, they just, they just do a great job. They just do a great job. Uh, you know, Betfred Sweet at the Cincinnati Bengals games, Colorado Rockies games, first pitch. Uh, also on top of that, you have, as well as that, you, you have the tailgates outside of the Broncos games. By the way, they will be at the World Series with Mattress Mac this week. No big deal. So really awesome stuff from Betfred Sportsbook. And here is what they're going to do for you because you listen to Taurus. One, Bet 50 on any game this weekend. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky. First-time users, bet 50, get 250 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. It is the best offer going, so make sure to act now. Also, we're going to have another Betfred boost. No big deal. Last two boosts, winning a ton of cash. Two weeks ago, I said Tennessee's going to win outright, but I got them for you plus seven at plus 110 odds. And then last week, I told you LSU was going to cover against Ole Miss. They do cover, take care of business, and we got those odds boosted as well. So two straight weeks, we've given out winning cash prizes, and we are going to do it again. Look out for the Betfred boost. I will tell you what it is before the end of today's show. One game I really do like, big spread. You will not regret it, though. Quickly, I also want to thank Bracket Fanatics, the sponsor of the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge. Week 8 is here. If you have not made your Week 8 picks yet, go ahead and do so now. It is not too late. I know Week 8 technically started last night with the Bucks, uh, you know, with the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati, with the Baltimore Bucks game, Baltimore versus the Bucks, Baltimore versus Tampa Bay. If you have not made your picks yet, though, it is not too late. And if you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late either. What we are doing, it's free to sign up. Go to bracketfanatics.com. Join bracket is the tab you want to click. And then the bracket name is Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. Do that. Pick every game. We give out $100 weekly winners, $1,000 season-long cash prize. And it is time to announce our week seven winner from last Thursday through Monday. Week seven winner, it is Husky Fan 1. Now, it could be a Washington Huskies fan. It could be a uh, Northern Illinois Huskies fan. I think it's probably a UConn fan. It is not me. Congratulations to Husky fan one. You have won week seven of the Aaron Torres pod NFL pick'em challenge, hundred dollar weekly cash prize. Also thousand dollar season long cash prize is still very much at stake. Make sure bracketfanatics.com join bracket. The bracket name is Torres. Not too late yet. If you have not signed up yet, by the way. With that said, let's get to, I'm all over the place today. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right. And so the topic of the day, you know, Friday is really kind of a preview show for college football. And I think this is the time of the year 
We don't have to really get into the song and dance. I don't need to give you a, an eight minute lead up into who Tennessee might or might not be, who Ohio State is, what Michigan is capable of. At this point, we know who these teams are. We know what their strengths and weaknesses are. And we just got to talk about some games. And so what I want to do, what I'm going to do over the next few minutes is I'm going to play a little game that I've called in the past college football superlatives, okay? So rather than just going game by game and this team's going to win by this much, what we do on college football superlatives is pretty straightforward. Basically, it is like your high school yearbook. Remember, most likely to succeed, most likely to fail, most likely to uh, skip school to hang out on the bleachers and do God knows what with God knows who. I don't know if that was in your yearbook. I don't know if it was in mine either, to be perfectly honest. But um, we do college football superlatives when we're just looking for a fun way to break down these games. And so what I want to do, go through some college football superlatives and go through some of the biggest games. And I do think it's a fun slate. Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, I think there's even a couple late night games that maybe you're not paying as close attention to, which should be interesting. So let's get into it. Week nine in college football, and let's do some college football superlatives. First one, I'm calling this the the toughest test Ohio State will face until Michigan game of the week. I am, of course, talking about Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State is at home. Ohio State is a 15 and a half point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. And I think Ohio State's going to win. And I think Ohio State hasn't really been challenged. And I don't know if they're really going to get challenged outside of Saturday until they play Michigan about a month from now. But I do think this is a game where Ohio State can get challenged. And let me explain why. And I think a lot of you are probably driving around sitting there saying, Torres, you're out of your mind. I watched Penn State against Michigan. They got punked at the line of scrimmage. They are really bad. They are not good. Uh, Penn State is overrated, blah, 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 blah. And what I would say to that, is that styles make fights. And in this case, I think the Penn State style matches up a little bit better with Ohio State than they do with Michigan. And keep in mind as well, this game is at Penn State. It won't be a whiteout because it's a noon Eastern kickoff, Fox noon kickoff. But it's going to be a crazy crowd, huge crowd. And I just think they, they, they match up better. And so the question becomes, why do they match up better with Ohio State than Michigan? Well, Michigan, we kind of know what they're about, right? run the ball right at you, make you stop us. We're going to stop the run and we're going to beat you that way. Penn state uh, is not very good at stopping the run. They aren't very good when they can't run the ball, but here's the thing. What is Ohio state? Ohio state is a factory for NFL wide receivers. They are a big play machine and they are an explosive offense. I don't think you'd call Michigan explosive, maybe in a little bit of a different way. But Penn State, if you look at them, a couple things stand out about who they are and how they match up with Ohio State. First off, their secondary is really good and really tough. They're big. They're physical. They got NFL dudes back there. Joey Porter Jr., obviously the son of an NFL legend. Uh, Jalen Reed, Jair Brown. And so you look at the way that Penn State plays in the secondary. And if you just look at the stats, the stats say, oh, their they're pass defense is whatever. But if you look at the advanced stats, you know, they're probably a little bit better than we've given them credit for. Do you know that they rank in the top five nationally in opponent completion percentage? In other words, the amount of passes the opponent is completing. They also don't give up very many big plays. Top, you know, 10, 15 nationally in terms of the big explosive plays. And so why I think they match up well. 
Ohio State is a team that, you know, last week I thought they got a little weird. Iowa is good up front. Now, Ohio State won going away because Ohio State has, or Iowa has no offense at all. But Penn State, they play really good defense up front and they're really good in the secondary. And I think they can slow Ohio State down. Now, the good news for Ohio State, I don't think they're losing. I think it could be close. I don't think they're losing, though. And the reason I don't think they're losing is because their defense actually matches up really well with Penn State's offense as well. Penn State is a team, as I just said a moment ago with the Michigan game, Penn State is good when they can run the ball all over you and Sean Clifford, their ninth-year quarterback, can kind of be a secondary option. That's essentially why they destroyed Auburn, where they just punked him at the line of scrimmage. Well, since then, we've realized Auburn is not very good. And so because of it, because of it, I, I just sit here and say, I like I, I like this matchup not only for Penn State's defense against Ohio State's offense, I like this matchup for Ohio State's defense against Penn State's offense. And I give Ohio State a ton of credit. Remember, last offseason, that defense was a mess. Got run all over by Michigan. Got run all over by Utah, even though Ohio State won the Rose Bowl. Got run all over by Oregon. Bringing a guy named Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, and he has created a degree of toughness. Currently the number two defense in all of college football, giving up just 239 yards per game. Top five rush defense in college football. Top 10, I should say. They're ranked actually number eight. Make plays in the backfield. They're, they're just getting after it. So they've always had the talent, but now they got a coach that's putting guys in position to have success. I expect this one to be low scoring. I expect it to be close. My bet, Fred, best bet, if you read my picks this week, I do actually like the under of 61. I think Penn State keeps Ohio State to its lowest scoring point total since that week one game against Notre Dame. And I also think Ohio State keeps Penn State in check because I, I don't think this Penn State defense offense is very good. This is my toughest test for Ohio State until Michigan game of the week. If I had to make a pick in terms of a score, I will say Ohio State 31, Penn State 13. So in theory, that's an Ohio State cover. I think it's too close for comfort. I would just play the under if you're going to make a bet. Uh, again, in the Betfred Sportsbook, the under is 61 points. Let's keep it going with the... It's not going to be an upset, but I do think it's going to be competitive game of the week. And that is Kentucky and Tennessee. And Tennessee is another one. So first of all, I should mention, Kentucky is a 12 and a half point underdog. Tennessee, a 12 and a half point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. Uh, the over-under sitting at about 56, I want to say something in that neighborhood. But when I look at this game, I'll say this. If you guys and girls listen to this show, you know I've been a little critical of Kentucky, and I've been a little critical of Will Levis over the course of this season. But what I want to do now is come full circle and say that while I think it's tough to sit here and say that I think Kentucky is going to beat Tennessee, the most explosive offense in college football, I do think this Kentucky offense can grind out drives, keep it close, and potentially play into the fourth quarter. And the reason why... As I said a minute ago, let me just go ahead and give Will Levis a little bit of credit, okay? Will Levis is a guy that I have been very critical of. The over-under, by the way, I was way off, 61 in this game. The spread is 12. Um, let me give Will Levis a little bit of credit, okay? Because when I look at Will Levis, I have been very critical of him, but I am holding him to that standard of, you're supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. And if you're supposed to be the number one pick in the draft, I need you elevating everyone around you. 
And I don't, I've really seen that from him this year. At the same time, though, I go back to that game right before the bye against Mississippi State, and I go back to something I said on this podcast at the time after Kentucky took care of Mississippi State. I said, I give that dude credit. He came back off of injury. He was hurt. He was banged up. He was beat up. And he didn't make excuses at all when, you know, like, like I think it was an SEC game. I think my buddy Cole Kublik was interviewing him and Will Levis was asked about something. And he just basically said, I don't make excuses. Every, all 85 guys in that locker room are beat up and we just got to go out and do our jobs. And I'm no different than anybody else just because I'm the quarterback. So I like that. I like the moxie from him. I also would sit here and say the Kentucky run game is coming together. And I think there's a lot of people you just, you know, you just kind of look at box scores or you look at season long stats. And this is the time of the year where you can't just look at season long stats, right? Because teams evolve, teams get better, teams get worse. There are injuries, guys come back from injury. And when you look at Kentucky, they had an abysmal run offense for most of the season. And then three games ago, they got back to star running back Chris Rodriguez. And since then, back-to-back 100-yard games, 126 yards against a good Mississippi State defense two weeks ago. And so I'm starting to look at this game. I don't know if Kentucky can win, but the run game seems to be getting better. Will Levis is going to be the healthiest he's been in weeks. And I do like those Kentucky wide receivers. Barry and Brown, uh, Dane Key, these are NFL-caliber players playing at Kentucky. I do think Kentucky can move the ball. And I'll say this. I think the defense, I'm not saying anybody can slow down Tennessee because Alabama is insane on defense and they had no shot. But Kentucky is a top 15 defense across the board. Mark Stoops is a defensive backs coach. And when I look at this game, I can't see the scenario where it's competitive into the fourth quarter. Now, for a Kentucky fan listening, you're sitting there saying, Torres, give me the upset. I can't do it solely because the game is at night in Knoxville and that place is going to be insane. That place is going to be bonkers. Watch out for flying golf balls, Mark Stoops. That place is going to be off the chains. And so this is my almost upset of the week. I think Kentucky keeps it close into the fourth quarter. I think this one probably leans a little bit over the 61 points. I think this is something like a 37, 30-ish type score because I, 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 this Kentucky offense is starting to figure it out. Can't quite call the upset. Do like the over in this game, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get to uh, the next superlative on this uh, Friday Aaron Tour Sports Podcast. We're calling this one the rivalry game that looks awesome on paper, but could get out of hand in a hurry. This will be my bet Fred boost, by the way. Georgia, a 22-point favorite against Florida. And you're probably sitting there saying, there's no way you're taking Georgia and the points, Torres. Oh, yeah, I'm taking Georgia and the points. And when I look at this game, really two things stand out. One, this isn't an indictment to me on Billy Napier, the first-year head coach of Florida. I think he was behind the eight ball from the beginning. And what this game speaks to is the mess and the lack of talent that Dan Mullen left behind in Gainesville. Because I look at this this Florida team. I don't really know what they do well. Anthony Richardson is not a good quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Great athlete, not a good quarterback right now. Maybe he'll get there completing 56% of his passes. Don't run the ball you know they they run the ball another thing on paper that looks good their running game their running game is predicated on Anthony Richardson breaking off 50 and 60 and 70 yard runs do you have another kid Montel Johnson who's really good but outside of him I don't see like elite SEC caliber talent on this roster don't think the wide receivers are special think Anthony Richardson struggles and the defense is in the bottom half of the SEC in both rush defense and pass defense. Don't stop the pass, don't stop the run. Now, maybe they'll get there. Billy Napier has a great recruiting class coming in and a lot of defensive backs that are coming in to help. But you look at them right now, I just don't see very much talent on this roster. I think that's an indictment of Dan Mullen. I think it's an indictment of where this Florida team is. Listen, we're seven games into the year. This is game eight. Tell me what Florida does at an elite level. I don't think it's anything. By the way, you want to know how I know that Billy Napier doesn't have talent? Because he literally said after spring practice, we are open for business in the transfer portal. He said, come one, come all. You're sick, you're poor, you're huddled masses. Come down to Gainesville. We need bodies for this team. Florida's a mess, not through the fault of their own head coach. And then on the other side, let's say this about Georgia. I think it's the opposite of Florida. I think Florida people just keep giving benefit of the doubt to. And then there's Georgia where they have like a bad half. And everybody was like, oh, my, I mean, is it time to worry about Georgia? Now, look, I'm not saying they're better than they were last year. That's not what I'm saying at all. But at the same time, but at the same time with Georgia, keep this in mind. They had a bad play or two against Kent State. They gave up a couple long touchdowns. Then they had a bad half against Missouri. Then they rallied and won. And here is what Georgia has done in the last two games. Now, admittedly, they're playing against arguably the two worst teams in the SEC in Vanderbilt and Auburn, but they beat Auburn 42 to 10. They beat Vanderbilt 55 to nothing. That means they have outscored their last two opponents 97 to 10. And in that Auburn game, of course, we know Auburn scored their only touchdown in the fourth quarter. So Georgia, we're talking about a team that shut out Vanderbilt, gave up a touchdown after they were up 40 plus points against Auburn in a rivalry game. This team is starting to put it together. This team is starting to figure it out. 
And remember how everybody like a month ago was like, well, this defense isn't anywhere close to as good as last year. Well, currently ranked fourth in the country in total defense, giving up 247 yards per game. That's best in the SEC. Currently giving up 9.1 points per game. Currently best in the SEC, number two in the country behind only Illinois. By the way, shout out Brett Bielema. The guy's a dog, man. Georgia's coming together. Georgia's figuring it out. This, to me, might be the best team in college football. Now, we're going to learn next week. They play Tennessee next week. But this week, I do like Georgia to win. I do like Georgia to dominate. I'm going to say something 38-10. to 10, And this is my Bet Fred Best Bet Boost, plus 110 odds. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. I will get you some good odds on this one. Really quickly, two, three more games I want to talk about, and then we will get to Aaron right, Aaron wrong. First off, if Georgia-Florida, the great rivalry that could get out of hand in a hurry, well, let's get to the great rivalry that could get out of hand in a hurry part two, and that is Michigan-Michigan State. Michigan is a 23-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook, and what's ironic about this game, this is a game that, don't laugh, Michigan State has really dominated. You know, Michigan State has won nine of the last 12 in this series. You know, Michigan State, Mel Tucker just became the first coach ever to beat Michigan in his first two years as the Michigan State head coach. So Michigan State has largely dominated. The problem is this year's Michigan State team is abjectly terrible. Currently sitting at three and four, did survive an overtime game against uh, against Wisconsin two weeks ago. But I don't know what they do well. This is another one. I just talked about it a minute ago with Florida. I don't know what this team does well. Quarterback Peyton Thorne has seven interceptions in five games. Or seven interceptions in seven games. That's not going to get the job done. Um, The run game is way behind where they were last year. Mel Tucker, who's supposedly an elite defensive backs coach. Michigan State currently has the second worst pass defense in the Big Ten. The rush defense isn't much better. They don't get after the quarterback. They don't block for their quarterback. Michigan State doesn't do anything well. And so I could go on and on. I'm just finding it difficult to find the scenario that Michigan State even keeps it close. Now, from the Michigan perspective, this feels like a death march. I don't know if it's a death march to the uh, to the Ohio State game because Michigan still has to play a little team called Illinois, which is playing out of their minds in the second to last week of the season. They still have Nebraska at home, which is playing better post-Scott Frost, sitting at three and four overall. They were, of course, one and three, one and two, excuse me, when Scott Frost got fired. So they're two and two since Scott Frost got let go. Um, point being, Michigan's awesome. And this is just one I I don't I don't see the scenario. Like, like if you want to talk yourself, and by the way, from the betting perspective, total stay with me. But if you want to talk yourself into the Michigan State pulls off the upset for the third straight year deal, I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. I just don't know what that scenario is for me. And so because of it, it's a total stay away. Last big one, last superlative. We'll get to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. This one, I just want you to keep an eye on. Just just take that little, you know, take that little eye and pay a little attention to it. I'm calling this the don't forget about us West Coast game of the week that nobody's going to watch. Very specific, I know. I just made that up off the top of my head. It is USC in Arizona. And I've said it before. USC's ahead of schedule. They, they are so much better than I thought they would be. Even go back two weeks when to the Utah game. That was a game they easily could have won. And so USC playing its best, playing really good football under Lincoln Riley. They go to Arizona. Now, Arizona has a horrific run defense, and USC should be able to run the ball. 
all over them. Where it gets interesting for me, though, why I say that don't forget about us. Have you seen USC schedule after this game? I think I mentioned it on Thursday's Aaron Torres pod. Do you understand that after this game, USC does not leave the city of Los Angeles the rest of the year? After this game, it's Cal at home next week. It's Colorado at home the week after. Cal, by the way, three and four right now. Colorado, one and six. Then they play at UCLA. Fun fact, I did mention this on yesterday's show. USC's campus is actually closer to the Rose Bowl than UCLA's is, so they'll have a shorter commute to the Rose Bowl than UCLA will, and then they get Notre Dame at home. Listen, I think the Pac-12 is going to come down to, I don't believe Oregon's losing the rest of the way, and I believe the other spot in the Pac-12 title game is going to go to the winner of USC and UCLA. I don't know who I like in that scenario, but USC, just pay attention. They're ranked number 10 right now. They're 6-1. and one. They're going to crush Arizona this week. They're going to crush Cal and Colorado. They're going to find themselves. We're going to hit the middle of November, and we're going to be talking about USC as a potential playoff team. Hopefully they went out or at least went out till the UCLA game. I would love to get a 10 and what would be 9 and 1 USC versus 9 and 1 UCLA in the 11th game of the year playing with the winner, very likely playing Oregon for the Pac-12 title. Don't know if we'll get there but it's really, really exciting. A couple other games on the schedule, you know, Arkansas, Auburn. I mean, do you want me to do it? Auburn's terrible. I don't, I look at this game. I I mean, Arkansas is going to win, right? I mean, we're going to talk about Texas A&M here in half a second. Auburn, they're not good. And that's not a shot at Brian Harson. It's not a shot at Auburn. It's not a, you know, pro Alabama stance. Auburn's just not good. Their run defense is terrible. Arkansas runs the ball right at you. I think Arkansas wins going away. AM Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a two-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. I'll tell you, I haven't seen anybody make the case why AM can win this, but keep this in mind. This is AM's first home game in five weeks. They played Arkansas on a neutral field a month ago. Then they went to Mississippi State, to Alabama, by to South Carolina. So a neutral site game and then three straight road games for AM. They return home. Ole Miss is a two-point favorite. Probably lean AM, but this is definitely one I will not be betting on. Ole Miss, by the way, seven and one. Of course, their only loss was last week to LSU. They get a bye after this. And you talk about Ole Miss, the way their schedule ends. They played at LSU last week, at AM this week, Alabama at home then Arkansas on the road, then Mississippi State to close things out. That is a brutal, brutal, brutal schedule, so keep an eye on that. Notre Dame uh, going to Syracuse. I like Syracuse. Syracuse, two-and-a-half-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. Listen, I think Syracuse, even though they lost to Clemson last week, that's not a bad football team to me. They just made a few dumb plays, didn't like how they went away from their best player, Sean Tucker, and outside of that, they were a pretty good football team. I think Garrett Schrader's better at quarterback at Syracuse than anybody Notre Dame's got. I think Sean Tucker's the best skill position player. I think Syracuse has a better defense. You have the best quarterback, the best skill position player, the best defense. You're going to win, not to mention sellout crowd in Syracuse, Carrier Dome. Yes, we call it the Carrier Dome, even though it has a new name. I like Syracuse to win. Um, and that's really it. I think that's it for marquee games. Um, you know, Kansas State, Oklahoma State is a big one in the Big 12. I've talked about Oklahoma State quite a bit. They have been outgained four straight games. The other team has had more yardage. They're three and one. 
Maybe that continues this week. Stay away to me. Um, but I think that's it. I think that is it for our week six or week nine preview. How about, our, how about that? Our week nine preview. I think that's it. I think there's that's all there really is to say about these games. I just want to do. I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back. And when I come back, you know what time it is. It is time for America's favorite podcast segment, Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong. I come back, give you my best takes of the week, my worst takes of the week. And we got some good ones this week. Take a quick break. We are going to be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the week. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap with what has quickly become America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. We do it every single week to wrap up the Friday edition of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Concept of the segment is pretty straightforward. Stole it from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Love Colin. Have known Colin for years. Uh, Colin every single week does where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. And I decided to steal it for our show here at the Aaron Torres Pod. The reason, it's simple. It's because nobody loves giving out hot sports takes more than your boy Torres. I do it on social media. I do it on radio. I do it here on this podcast, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And when I get stuff right, there is nobody that loves patting himself on the back more than your boy Torres. Torres told you this. You should have listened to Torres here. Why didn't you listen to Torres there? Torres, 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 Torres. As I tell you, I never shut up when I get stuff right. Just one problem. I get an awful lot of stuff wrong too, which is why we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong every single week to end the Friday edition of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Fun way to talk about my best takes of the week, my worst takes of the week, slap myself on the wrist for stuff that I get wrong. Let's get to it where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Where Aaron was right. Oh, buddy. I've been telling you people for years, Brian Kelly, all anybody wants to do is crush Brian Kelly. Oh, my God. He's bad in front of the camera. He says weird stuff. Oh, my God. He's at Notre Dame. He can't beat Alabama. Shame on him. He's so overrated. No. Getting Notre Dame consistently to 11 and 1, 12 and 0, 12 and 1, 13 and 1, playing Alabama in the playoff, that is the definition of underrated. There is no reason that in the modern era of college football, Notre Dame should be as good as Brian Kelly had them. And if you needed proof, ask Marcus Freeman how things are going right now as Notre Dame is four and three going into Syracuse this weekend. I bring it up because I thought last week was very much that. It, it's weird for a 60-year-old who's been coaching college football for 40 years to have a national coming out party 
but I think it was last Saturday in the Bayou. Uh, obviously, LSU playing Ole Miss. They are down 17 nothing early. They win 45-20, to and I think that's when the light bulb went off over everybody's head. This guy's actually a good football coach. He knows what he's doing, and let's see what happens now that he has real players, NFL-caliber players across the board at LSU, which he does and he is going to. Listen, I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama next week. I'm not saying they're winning the SEC West this year. I'm not saying they're going to the playoff tomorrow. What I am saying is this guy is a great coach. He has a system in place. He's been doing it, as I said, for 25, 30 years at the D2 level, at the group of five level, at at Cincinnati, uh, and of course at Notre Dame. If you can consistently win 11 or 12 games a year at Notre Dame in the modern era of college football, you can coach. This guy can coach, and the best is yet to come for LSU. Where Aaron was wrong. All right, so I want to go ahead and do something that I don't often do and give credit to my fellow media members. If you listen to any of three podcasts last week, I kind of crushed the media for not going after Nick Saban about Jermaine Burton. Crushed him on last Thursday's show, certainly crushed him on Friday. Why is Nick Saban getting a pass? And then on Monday's show, I talked about Nick Saban making the decision to play Jermaine Burton. And so where I was wrong, I want to give credit to the media because I thought on Saturday after the game and then on Wednesday, That was the first time that it really felt like, okay, people in my business besides me are starting to say, this is not right. This kid should not have played. Nick Saban has to have his feet held to the fire. Not saying Nick Saban should be fired. Not saying Jermaine Burton should be thrown off the team. But we all know what happened a few weeks ago in Knoxville. And I was flabbergasted that nobody at all in my business for a week and a half criticized Nick Saban for not making any punishment public. And then, of course, not having any punishment at all. Well, on Saturday, on Wednesday, on the SEC conference call, my my brethren, my media brethren held Nick Saban accountable. I give them credit. I still think it was a mistake to play Jermaine Burton. We'll see if he plays against LSU. But credit to the media for that. Where Aaron was right. All right, so this is a little bit of an obscure one. But if you are a dedicated, longtime listener to the Aaron Torres pod, over the summer, we talked a lot about what was going on with the Pac-12 after the USC and UCLA news. And I said, one reason I do think there's a chance they stay together. I think the PAC 12 will be the first conference that really goes all in on streaming as far as their next TV partner. If you remember the big 10 TV negotiations at the time, there was a report that Amazon made a real push to get the big 10 TV rights. And the big 10 just kind of said, look, we're the big 10. We're going to stick with the major sports network, CBS, Fox, NBC, Maybe streaming is our future, but our present is on linear television. And what I said at the time, I said the Pac-12 doesn't have that advantage, but the streaming companies want college football, college sports, and the Pac-12 needs a home to pay them some real money to save their entire conference. Well, this week, we got two different reports, one from John Wilner from, uh, I think it's the San Jose Mercury News, does a really good job covering the Pac-12. He said that Amazon is very much in the game. And then Amazon's own CEO said on John Wilner's podcast that they are very interested in college sports and they are very interested in the Pac-12. I have been on this since July. I have said that unless Notre Dame leaves for the Big Ten, I do not believe that any anyone has any, I don't believe that the Big Ten has interest in the Pac-12 schools and I don't believe that the Big 12 makes sense to leave the Pac-12 for. So if I had to guess right now, 
I would tell you the Pac-12 at some point announces a deal with Amazon. I don't know if it's for all the inventory, for some of the inventory, what the deal is. I think the Pac-12 will be the first major conference to go to a streaming partner, and we will see what happens for them in the future. Where Aaron was wrong, and this is a big wrong. I was just dead wrong on Jimbo Fisher, man. Listen, I never said he'd win a national championship at L- at uh, Texas A&M. And as a matter of fact, I'll say this. I thought he was crazy. If you remember, there were reports for a time that he was going to take the LSU job before he went to Texas A&M. And I said, he's crazy to leave the ACC for the SEC West. Well, he eventually ended up at A&M. And I did think, look, it was going to take a year or two, but he was going to build a program that could compete at the highest level. Well, I haven't sold all of my Texas A&M stock yet, but it is at an all-time low. And I'll just say, bottom line, it's year five. This isn't year one. It's not year two. Year three, almost make the playoff. But it's year five. I know you're young. I know there's injuries. But there are a lot of problems in that program that have nothing to do with youth or injuries. And so I got to take the L. I really did think that Jimbo Fisher would have this program further along. They have moments, the 2020 season, the Alabama game last year, but they just haven't done it consistently enough. Listen, I still think he survives this year and all that. But at the end of the day, I was dead wrong on Jimbo Fisher. Where Aaron was right. So prior to the NFL season this year, I did say that Baker Mayfield is no longer a talking point. He's a below average quarterback. He's not good. He's not in Cleveland anymore. He's a bad quarterback on a bad team. Well, a few weeks ago, Matt Rule gets fired. Baker Mayfield gets hurt, whatever. This week, he is healthy enough to play, and he is not playing. He is in the backup role behind P.J. Walker, who, if you remember, played in the XFL, I believe. So I bring it up to say this is the first time since Baker Mayfield's rookie year when he started the season on the bench that Baker Mayfield is healthy enough to play, and he is not the starter. Listen, I'm not as anti-Baker as everybody else, but you could see it at the end of last year. He's just not a good NFL quarterback. And so maybe in a better system, maybe with better players, like he had with the Cleveland Browns, but he's not good. He's not a talking point. And I said it before the season. Everybody, he had some quote about, I want to kick that other team's, you know what, the, the Cleveland Browns in week one, and people are trying to act like, It's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I said, he's not a talking point. We don't have to overanalyze everything he says. He's not good. It is proven. He is officially back to backup status, even though he's healthy. Where Aaron was wrong. That's where Aaron was wrong, and it is the Oregon Ducks. And the Oregon Ducks, I'll be honest, I left them for dead after that Georgia game in week one. Now, I was excited about them coming into the season. I said, probably the most talented roster across the board if you look at the recruiting rankings that Georgia would face until the potential SEC championship game likely against Alabama. I said it, I stand by it. If you just look at recruiting rankings, this is a more talented roster than Kentucky. This is a more talented roster than Tennessee, even though Tennessee's obviously a better team. So I liked Oregon coming in, but then I saw him against Georgia and I said, yeah, that team stinks. What was I thinking? Bo Nix stinks. This Dan Lanning guy doesn't know what he's doing. What was I thinking liking them in the preseason? Well, since that Georgia game, they are now 6-0, including a whooping of UCLA last week. And I'll tell you, I, I think if they run the table, they would obviously have beaten UCLA at least once, maybe twice, potentially maybe a USC win in there, an 11-1 USC. 
they're going to have a very compelling playoff picture. They're going to have a very compelling playoff argument, especially if Georgia runs the table. Now, if Georgia doesn't run the table, that hurts them. But this is a really good football team. I give them an awful lot of credit. I was dead wrong on them. I stopped paying attention. I wrote them off after week one. They are really, really, really good. Finally, where Aaron was right. That's another one. I've been on for years, and I'm dead right. I've told you for literally probably at least the last year and a half. I've said the player empowerment era in the NBA. It's not quite dead. I'm not anti-player empowerment. But I said the years of superstar players simply going to a team and picking all their own teammates and picking their head coaches and this and that, it's over. Well, fast forward, the Los Angeles Lakers fell to 0-4 on Thursday night, and they are a complete mess, and they are a complete disaster. LeBron, at this point, it feels like he's stat chasing. The sad part was Thursday night, they didn't even play Russell Westbrook, so you can't sit here and say it's all Russell Westbrook's fault, shame on Russell Westbrook. No, 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 no. The Lakers just stink. Oh, by the way, I'm recording here on Thursday afternoon. The Brooklyn Nets play later on Thursday, so there's, they, they might pick up a win Thursday night. Brooklyn's 1-3. Kyrie's already telling the media, you got to get off Ben Simmons case. You're too tough on Ben Simmons. So the Los Angeles Lakers, the Brooklyn Nets, maybe the two most talented rosters in the NBA are a combined one and seven. And at the end of the day, we saw it with LA last year. We saw it with Brooklyn getting swept. We saw it when Kevin Durant tried to demand a trade and then was basically told, no, go back to the locker room and get ready for practice. That era is dead. And I've said it many times and I stand by it. Listen, Nobody is anti-players having more of a say and players having more of a voice. But I've said it for my entire career. There is a reason that for 50 years, coaches coach, players play, and GMs pick players. And when you start to mix two or three of those together in one, generally it doesn't work out. By the way, perfect example, not just players, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, the head coach, might be okay. Bill Belichick, the GM, is terrible, and Bill Belichick, the GM, would have fired Bill Belichick, the head coach, or Bill Belichick, the head coach, would have refused to play for Bill Belichick, the GM, if Bill Belichick wasn't picking all the players. So I just bring it up to say the new era, this era that we're in now, it's about the Grizzlies, who Ja Ja just goes out and balls every night. He's not trying to pick his teammates. He's not trying to pick his coaches. He's not trying to fire his GM. Same with Giannis in Milwaukee. Same with Jason Tatum in, in, in Boston. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors are the gold standard of that. Now, they got fistfights in practice, but that's another conversation for another day. The point being, the player empowerment era, it's on its last legs. I think it's good for the NBA. I really do. Uh, Lakers stink. Nets stink. And that is that. All right, with that said, I think it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the Air Tour Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify. Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. I think that is all for today's show. I think it is time for me to get out of here. want to thank all of you for your support. I want to thank all of you for listening, and I will be back on Monday to do it all again. We'll break down Penn State, Ohio State, and all of the other games in college football. That is all for today's show. Time for me to get out of here. Shout out to Dorrant Craig. 
Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head. Unblock me, dude. I'll be back on Monday, people. New episode. Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.